Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then once you're five hit, it was like from five to now, it's, it's like, oh, it's definitely a career. Yeah. And then some. Probably seventy percent sellers, thirty percent buyers. I do more. Oh, really? Yeah, mainly sellers for the most part, just because of the marketing aspects of things. Professional to be a golf pro. So I grew up in Strasbourg and 
was great. I love the Poconos. This might be I have a soft spot for Poconos. This might be a dumb question, but how do you become a professional <laughs> golfer? Um, through hard work, you know, hard work and, and dedication. But um, as a little kid, you know, parents would drop me off at the golf course, and it's just something I really enjoyed. Um, you know, we all know Tiger Woods, and he's the same age as me, so it's uh, I kind of grew up with that. And uh, ever since watching him, I wanted to be a golfer. So obviously played for a little while and then club pro for a little while. And we talked before we, we, we went on video here and you said that at some point you decided that it just wasn't for you anymore? Yeah, I mean after 14 years in, in that business and doing all of that kind of got burned out and it just wasn't for me. So I switched to, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, what were your options? What was in your head? Whatever would make me happy, honestly. Um, and I, I went through about a year or two of trying to figure that out and um, you know I have family in real estate so real estate kind of seemed like a fit but I wasn't really sure and um, once I got into the business you know I struggled for the first couple of years just because I wasn't dedicated to it wasn't um, I don't want to say not taking it seriously but I didn't really understand the impact that it could really have and um, once I actually understood the impact that that has not just for myself my family but for other families you know put the work in and it was a natural fit were you married at the time when you made this um switch not no i was not married uh i was just about to get married okay so yeah was that a difficult was it a mutual decision at the time that you were that you were going to stop golfing and go into a whole totally different business <clears throat> that you never um, it was a discussion, but it it was something that, you know, wanted to make that change. Yeah. So we ended up making that change. Okay. So you started, um, you went into it without knowing much, uh, and you said you had some struggles. Uh, what are those struggles like in real estate for you? Um, you know, just understanding how to get clients. Um, you know, obviously your sphere, knowing at the beginning your sphere could be family, could be friends that actually only goes so far. You know, your mom can only buy so many houses, you know, your friends can only buy so many houses. So it was really understanding how to get clients, how to um, just talk to people. You know, as a golf pro, you would think that to talk to so many people would be easy to talk to people. That's not the case. Um, you know, those are people that I know. So picking up the phone and calling a complete stranger, there's a psychological thing to it that I would avoid doing that. Um, because it was uncomfortable and we all know if something's uncomfortable you try to do everything to avoid it. Uh, so stuff like that, being able to talk to strangers and once you start doing it and once you get into that, you know, like, okay, I'm comfortable, I'm okay doing it, then it's like second nature. So, and that's where things switch. And it's probably similar as for us, you have to be comfortable hearing no sometimes. Of course. I've heard, yeah. I heard no so many times. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny, I, I like to try, I'm a very statistical person, so I like to track a lot of things. Um, and I just had this conversation yesterday with, with a friend of mine who, um, we're kind of accountability partners and we were just talking about this yesterday. And I said to him, I said, what got me over the phone calls to complete strangers and what got me over the nose were I would track how many phone calls it took to get an appointment and how many appointments it took to get a sale and so forth. So then I would take that dollar amount from that sale and divide that all the way down into how many phone calls I made. 
So if someone told me no over the phone, I could be like, okay, hang up the phone, I just made $6. So every time someone told me no or hung up on the phone or whatever the case may be, I just, in my mind, I made $6. I made $7 awesome. on that no. And it got me to want to call more people because the more people I call, the more money I made. So that's that's how I got over the fear of cold calling. That's an awesome tip for, uh, for sales. So, so we have the same kind of, you know, we have to do cold calls for facility managers. Um, we're going out to a lot of estimates where they're never going to hire us. Um, we always just say, you know, you want to get that. You want to get the no. You'd rather get a no than, uh, than a maybe, and they're going to call you back never. Uh, right. That's a tough one in the sales business. Yeah, um, I, that helped big time. So you, at some point, it, it switched on you. You were into it. You loved it. Yep. Year three, it, it clicked. Uh, I'd say about year three, it clicked. Um, and then I could just see that, for me... I could see the lives that I was changing. You know, that was a big thing for me. Um, you know, beginning of my career was a lot of first-time home buyers and a lot of, you know, um, just buyers for the most part to where I could see their lives change just by getting them into a home. And then from that point, obviously now my, my business is more listings than it is buyers, but um, there's still nothing like giving a first-time home buyer keys to a house and to see that change and you still enjoy that? I, I, I love that, yeah. Awesome. Was there somebody that mentored you as you were starting out? Uh, my father-in-law. Um, you know, Frank Ronaldo, he, he's pretty much my mentor through my whole real estate career. Um, nothing but great. I mean, advice all the way through. You know, he sells a lot. I'm, I have great family behind me, too. And, you know, the Rinaldi team is a great team. Um, you know, any time of questions, I have, if I have any questions... They're my first phone call. Um, so really great mentorship throughout, you know, if I have any questions. So they're great. Cool. Um, if I go around your office, you know, on the spur of the moment and just start asking about you, uh, what would people tell me about you? Um, that work with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I would say <laughs> very outspoken. Um and you, which is funny because I was very quiet at the beginning, but uh, very outspoken, very energetic. I'd say um, never sitting down. Um, you know, just always trying to get that next, you know, that, that, that next, to that next level. Um, just work hard. You know, that's, that's pretty much what they would say. How do you... Um how do you juggle? I'm sure you're busy. I just got to see your phone was going off before we even got here. Um, how do you manage and juggle so many different clients at one time to make sure that you're still attentive to each one, which I'm sure is very important? So clients and family, which is you know crazy because I, co- I also coach youth baseball, youth basketball. You know, all, I, I coach youth sports throughout all seasons. Um, just scheduling, just making sure that everything is scheduled, that it's not in my calendar. It doesn't exist, so everything is in there. Um, from baseball games, basketball games, date night to all my clients. So every Friday, no matter whether you're a buyer or seller, if I have a hundred clients, whatever the case may be, they're all getting phone calls on Friday. Whether there's no news, you know, good news, bad news, whatever it is, they're all going to get something from me on Friday. Um, and it's just a matter of you know putting reminders. I, I could have fifteen or twenty reminders the night before that I need to follow up with this many people and if I just followed up with them I know in 10 days I need to follow up with them again if we're not 
you know, depending on what it is. Um, I used to go, it's funny, at the beginning of my career, I was very value-driven in terms of being personal, you know, with, we got to sit down for every meeting, we have to do all of that. I got away from that as I got busier and tried to automate things. Um, last year, I saw a little, actually, believe it or not, a little dip because I tried to automate too many things. So we went back to what I started with, and that was getting and sitting down with everybody and doing as personal as I could be, and it actually makes it easier. You know, I'm busier doing that, and I'm also a lot more, I know it's going on attentiveness with them mm-hmm. um, a lot easier. But yeah, it, everything's got to be in my calendar. If it's not, uh, you know, do you, I, it do doesn't you, happen. Do you do it all yourself? Is there an assistant? No, uh, no. just me. Wow. Yeah, so every night, um, I go through my calendar, what's the next day? I try to prioritize them, you know, from my follow-ups. You know, every day from 9 to 11, it's pretty much prospect time, uh, unless there's an emergency that I have to take care of. But I answer my emails first thing in the morning, and I will not answer you emails until after 11 o'clock from that point, because uh, I need that time to prospect from 9 to 11, and then, you know, I schedule whatever I need after that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, everything is scheduled, including family time. I know it sounds like bad that I'm scheduling family time, but if it's not in there, then I'll forget something and I'll schedule something else, and then. So that's that's, <laughs> then, that's a good point. And I, as I said, um, when I talk to a lot of other people who are business people and who hustle and uh, are successful, they all have similar traits, and that's one that many shared. So even myself, um, I know it sounds crazy, and that they know downstairs the girls that you met that uh, can't really come to me with different things if they're not in that schedule. It'll totally throw me off, and you'll get like an answer that you probably didn't want right. to get. Um, so I, that's awesome. That's a good tip for anybody out there. Yeah, and it, and people ask me all the time, how do you juggle all of that? Um, honestly, it's it you know I prioritize certain things. Obviously, family's first, and then work, and then my clients know that. And I say, listen, I just went on vacation to Disney last week. I told every one of my clients I'm going on vacation because I'm friends with them on social media. You know, that's the biggest part of my business. So if you're going to see, if I tell you that I'm busy because I have an appointment and you see me, you know, at, at the gym doing something else or you see me at Disney and that doesn't go very well. <laughs> so they respect that. They respect, you know, I have a basketball game from, you know, 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock. I can't do anything between that time. Completely, res- They completely respect that. Do you, I'm sure you've had somebody... Um not respect that and maybe go around your boundaries mm-hmm. how, how do you handle that I don't want to work with them okay um, plain and simple plain and simple I you know yes we we want business but if you can't respect that then my family time and, and that sort of thing I'm probably I don't want to work with you probably anyway so that's good I mean there's emergency there's some emergencies yes. and this is going to sound crazy I've never worked a Sunday since I started so yes I've had probably a couple showings here and there, but it was within a 10 block radius of my house. <clears throat> or an emergency in this market, if something we know is gonna go in a day or two, I can go at nine o'clock and we can see it and then we're done for the day. So, great. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I spoke to some of your clients, what would they tell me about you? Um, probably same thing, uh, super attentive. Um, always have an answer if I didn't have an answer I would find it for them um, 
just really super attentive. If, if I, if there's ever anything, you know, they always know what's going on, you know, with the steady updates, they're not wondering. Um, so I would say that just, they're always, they always know what's going on, um, which they all love. So nice. And I would hope they'd say all around nice guy, but, uh, you know, uh, so we're in the painting business and I, I kind of have a feel for the real estate business because we're painting houses that are bought and sold and, um, repainting as people need it. Um, how's the real estate uh, industry and business in the Lehigh Valley right now? Fantastic. Um, I think a report just came out that, you know, Lehigh Valley has really came back, you know, from, from the previous issues in 07 and 08, but, um, we're, I think they said we're the 17th on the list of places to buy this year, uh, across the country. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, obviously we have an inventory shortage. We've got, you know, less than two months of inventory. So if you're getting listings, they're not, you know, they say average days on the market is about 30 days. It's, if it's good, it's really about five. Um, you know, we have 2,800, 3,000 agents. So with only 1,800 homes in the market, it gives you an idea. It's a seller's market, but it's a buyer's market too, in my mind. Interest rates are good. Um, you know, I, I've seen them right now as low as three, three, five. I've even seen some VA stuff at three, two, five. Um, so they're they're steady. So there's a lot of buyers and no homes. Um, so it's good on both sides. The problem is with this market here in the valley is if you're selling a home, you know it'll sell quickly. They're just afraid to put it on the market because they don't know where they're going to go. That's really the biggest thing. So we're seeing more contingencies. We're seeing more of those sort of things. And in turn, higher rent prices. Mm -hmm. uh, good point. So I've run into a lot of people who have now want us to paint their new home, uh, but are living in a hotel. Yep. Uh, it's happened all the time. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because they're looking for short-term rentals because they're eventually going to buy something else because they want to sell now. But like I said, they don't know where they're going to go. So rents have gotten a little out of hand here in the Valley. But... You know how long will that last? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really tough to say. You know they're they're predicting a bubble, but I don't see it for a while. Uh, with so many agents in in the area, I mean, you can just go and Google real estate agent mm -hmm. or go on LinkedIn. There's a lot of them pop up, like you just said. Um, how do you, how does your company and, and you set yourself apart to be that person that they come to? Um, value driven, completely value driven. Um, I would say, you know, obviously marketing, you know, we, to me, Century, you know, Century 21 is about quality, not necessarily quantity. Um, I mean, I probably get a lot of slack for this, but there's, you know, a lot of companies who are just trying to get a high agent count. Um, yes, there's training, but the high agent count doesn't necessarily, you, you don't get the attention you should in terms of training. Um, and it's, they do that because they know X amount will fall off and they're still gonna get, they have X amount of agents that are gonna do the business. Where to me, Century 21 as a whole, I mean, we're the most recognized brand in real estate um, across the globe. And for me, we have Century 21 Pinnacle, um, there's Century 21 Kime and also Ramos. They're all great companies um, with all great agents. There's not a lot of agents at all the Century 21 companies. Um, but what you have are all top producing agents that are in those companies. Um, so really it's quantity over quality and 
I mean marketing. We 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 reach more people than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me, that's my value driven is. And I will stack it up against anybody, and it's not to boast, but there's no. I probably have one of the biggest social media reaches of any agent in the valley, um, and that's really the value that I can reach more people than most. So that's how I, I got to know you. I see your. Um, I think I first saw you on Facebook. But you're everywhere, so uh, it could have been Instagram. I saw one of your Thursday uh, videos. Mm-hmm. How did you, um, did you just wake up one day and decide I want to do videos? That's a big step. It is. Yeah. Uh, I never liked being in front of the camera. <laughs> um, you know, I, you I did a couple, you know, home stuff, home tours here and there, just through a Facebook video. Um, you know, when it came down to doing the Thursday morning thoughts, I had one in mind and I was thinking to myself, I'm, I was going to meet an old client. We've actually never done business together. Uh, but he became a good friend. Met him on a on a rental call, and here he's a, he's a builder. You know, we've we've done some other stuff in New Jersey and now, and um, just a great friend. And I was like, you know, let's take the online, offline relationship. And I wanted to put that out there, and I did it on Thursday morning. And I probably had like thirty people that watched. Um, I got probably ten messages within five minutes after that video, saying you should do that every Thursday. Uh, I don't know about doing that every Thursday. Um, so here we are, 66 episodes in. And um, I've, I've missed four weeks total uh, since I've been doing it. One happened to be just because I was on vacation last week. Um, and two others were because I was traveling somewhere. Um, but yeah, we've been consistent with it. Um, and since then, there's been a lot, you know, people look for it. At, you know, on Thursday now. And I made the mistake at the beginning that I do it every morning at 8 o'clock. Um, and then I ran into some issues where I took my son to the, the dentist at 8 o'clock. And there were some other things where I had to do it at 12 and some other things. So now it's just Thursday. And um, that's really how it started is I just woke up one day and did it. And a lot of people liked it. And they let me know about it. So we just continued to do it. Did it help you uh, acquire new clients? It did. I uh, probably did last two years ago uh, when we first started it. All in all, probably $3 million worth of business just from that. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty good. That's awesome. Um, with nothing, I don't, didn't expect any of that. Um, it was just people that I didn't know who kind of watched it and saw it. And that's not really why I did it. It's more, we see so much negativity, especially now with, you know, the with everything going on politically and all of that, I just wanted something positive, you know, out there on Facebook, so I did it. Um, and that's really where, why I did it. That's the beginning of the reason, because I wanted to see some positive stuff. Um, not so much all the negative, and, and it became pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'll continue to do it. You know, it's, I enjoy it. I've had a lot of messages, people have messaged me. You know, I had an old high school friend of mine who said, I just want to let you know, I, I heard your voice in the other room, and I went back in, and my husband, who I don't know, was watching your thing on Facebook, and I was like, that's fantastic. She goes, you know, this is his situation, and you really like changed his his mind on something today, and um, it really helped him, and I, was, and I didn't even know. So just that's to awesome. get messages like that is why I continue to do it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. It's probably therapy. Whether I get anything well. out of it, I you know, monetarily or business has nothing to do with it. It's just that I want to see positivity. You know. But when you do them, are you? Is it just you in the room? You have the camera set up, or is somebody helping you? Just me. Cool. Uh, I got my phone there, you know, and um, occasionally I brought my my kids have been on here and there just to break things up because well, kids aren't funny, you know, when they're five years old. So, um, you know, they're they're on every now and then, and people enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So outside of work, no work. Well, what do you What do you enjoy to do? Uh, I enjoy coaching. So I enjoy coaching youth sports between spring and fall baseball and now basketball and stuff like that. I enjoy the kids in our community to be able to, you know, coach them. I mean, the greatest part is I, I went to a band concert for my son um, a little bit ago, Christmas concert, and I got other kids that were like, hey, Coach Chris, Coach Chris, hello, you know, to to them, for them to look at me that way, and you know, that's that's what I enjoy doing right now. Um, just you know, stuff with my family and being able to coach them and be able to do that nice. outside. Yeah. That's what What did you think? You so you wake up. Uh, what would the, like the perfect day be for you? Ooh. It, could, um, it could be work. It could be personal. Maybe it's a mixture. Um. Yeah. I, for me, it's you know having a full day. Number one. Um, for me waking up you know having already appointments set going on appointments um, starting around 12 o'clock being done by 5 you know um, still making my prospecting call I, I enjoy actually enjoy doing that you know literally go to my phone start with Z go up to see who I haven't, who I haven't talked to in a while and just reach out um, I'm on a little bit of a kick now to taking those and just setting up half-hour meetings with people that I haven't talked to in a while and just to see how they're doing. Um, so I've been doing that now for the last couple of weeks and really enjoy doing that. Um, and then moving forward, just after the appointments, hopefully listing appointments, you know, a couple showings here and there. And um, at five o'clock, come home, dinner, and then head off to some, you know, practice of some sort. Um, that's the perfect day for me. Awesome. Cool. Um, would you say, um, or what would you say is your biggest weakness, personally? Um, I'd say my biggest weakness is loyalty. Um, you know, things could be going super sour, super south. Um, but, you know, I, I want to help no matter what the circumstance. And sometimes things just can't be helped, but I will so loyal that it doesn't matter I will go to length end to to try and help even though it, it could be a 100% non-successful you know thing yeah really real really loyalty is could be too loyal could be my my downfall sometimes so you realize it have you have you done anything to I learned to say no yeah I mean that was the biggest thing for me is learning to say no in certain situations mm. um, it's hard yeah, wanting everybody, obviously I want everybody to like me, but that's not the case. Um, but that's also a weakness too, is trying to please everybody. And we all know we can't please everybody. Um, but again, that goes back to being, trying to be super loyal and no matter what the situation is. But yeah, learning to say no. 
Um, speaking to a family who might be looking to, to, to buy or sell, mm-hmm. um, what should they be looking for when they're choosing a real estate agent? Um, if you could give them a couple tips. I definitely would, would not go with the first person you meet. I would definitely interview other people. Um, I'd love to say, you know, if I meet with you, yes, I want you to work with me. But at the same time, not everybody, not every agent is meant for, you know, every family uh, or individual. Um, something may not just click, you know, and I would definitely interview at least two, three, maybe even four agents. Um, somebody just might be a better fit for you. Um, and when that, that is, I would definitely, from that point, you find your agent. Same thing goes for a lender uh, or a mortgage or something like that. Not every lender is a right fit for you. Um, interview a couple lenders too. You know, don't just call lender because you, you have to. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're comfortable on all ends mm-hmm. in that aspect. Because the process, do I want to go, do, if you don't like me, do you want to go search around 8, 10, 12 houses on 4 or 5 days with someone you don't like? Um, so you want to be comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing, especially with new, I won't say new families, but beginning buyers and something like that. You want to be able to be comfortable. What should they avoid? Is there, is there, are there a couple things? Or you've probably seen bad real estate agents. Um, yes. Avoid the agent who doesn't have any communication with you. Um, you know, if you don't hear from them regularly, um, that's an, to me, that's a red flag. Um, maybe not just because you didn't hear from them, but because behind the scenes, you don't know what's going on with your transaction. Um, as much as I love transaction coordinators, I like to be in every one of my files because I know what's going on. Yes, it can get super hectic and it kind of a waste of time paperwork-wise. Um, if I'm doing it, I can't be prospecting for new business by doing that, but I know what's going on and if there's any other issues, they know what's going on. Like, there has to be communication. If there's no communication, not the agent for you. Um, if you do go to a transaction, if they do have a transaction coordinator, you got to make sure that the agent is... In, involved in all of that regardless okay that's a, that to me that's a that's tough yeah um, do they pass a lot down to that to that person the minute it's uh, under agreement it goes to the transaction coordinator and you don't hear from the agent until inspection time when you have to reply or you don't hear from them until closing sometimes oh wow so you know that to me is a red flag because you don't really know yeah you need the advice along the way um, inspections are a big issue I try to go to inspections um a lot of times people say, oh, you, you know, you, why do you go to inspections? Well, that's one of the most emotional times when you've got inspectors walking around pointing stuff out. They kind of, you know, buyers get excited like, uh-oh, we can't buy this house. There's, you know, this. But it's also having the right inspector. It's also having the right agent there to kind of go through and say, it's really not as big as it sounds. Um, this is, the, and then you can go through it. This is how you would fix this, this is what would happen, and you go from there. That's a good point. So, uh, and you brought up a good topic. So you deal with a very emotional um, thing, buying or selling a house. It's very emotional, Sure. good and bad. How do you manage that for the people um, without it affecting you? That's the hard part. Um, you can't let it affect you. You, as an agent, you have to understand 
it's their biggest purchase. It's you know they're going to be emotional, and it's ninety five to me. It's ninety five percent emotional anyway, because the fun you know the funding is already in place. All of that is in place. Um, now just searching for a home is complete emotions. Um, you know you know when someone walks into a home, they're super excited. You can tell, uh, or even the opposite. So it's all emotions. It's how you play off those emotions to best serve them. Um, inspection time is the tough one though. That's that's always. You know where they all no matter what house it, is, it could be new construction there's a punch list so they're they're gonna get a little weird about things they mm -hmm. want to understand so it just it's teaching them and under having them understand what everything is are your clients all different types of people or, 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 are they, or is there one like personality trait so I guess the better question is what makes um, a good client for you um, or for your office I have an ideal I have an ideal client that I like to work with but I like to work with everybody I mean I have every everything from 85 year old ready to ready to move on sellers to 18 year old you know first-time home buyer investors even um, so I have all types of clients my ideal client is the family that you know is is in their starter home um, ready to make that next move, you know, just started a family, have a child or two, need a bigger space, you know, that having, being able to sell that first home and then having them move in, move into the next one. That's my ideal client around the same age as me. I'm 41. So somewhere between 35 and 45 is ideal. Mm -hmm. I, throughout the, the time that I've been doing this, that's my ideal client. Um, because they're, the reason is ideal is because they're knowledgeable, they've already bought a home, or they've had a good experience or a bad experience, they know the experience. So going into that second home, they're a lot, they know what they don't want and they know what they want. So moving in, it's easy on the buying side because they already know what they want. Selling side, they haven't sold a house yet, but we make that process, process easier. Um, so that's the ideal client. When do you realize that it's not your ideal client? Um, when they don't respect the time, number one. Uh, and you can tell if they're just window shopping as on the buying side, if they're window shopping or they're serious. Because um, anybody can get the pre-approval. It's whether or not, if, if you're showing them 50 homes, which you shouldn't be doing, you know, it's someone not taking the time to sit down in a buyer consultation and really going through all the aspects. Because honestly, people that go through the hour and a half buyer consultation that we have, the average home, we're showing them six homes on average before they purchase something. Uh -huh. So we've already narrowed down everything and we've, we've found you know six to eight homes that you really, really fit all of your criteria or most of your criteria and nine out of 10 times they're picking one of those. Um, it's not just finding something on a whim and going to look at it and so, you know, it's people that take the time to sit down with you and go over everything to understand the process, that's your ideal client, no matter what age or, you know, what their situation is. But it's the ones that just, you know, call you and say, oh, you know, can you meet me at this house and let's check it out and you've never talked to them before. Like, that's not your ideal client. Okay. That makes it tough. Yeah. And you let them know in a professional yeah. way. Yeah, in a professional way, you know, and you gotta come with, you gotta get pre-approved. You know, you, I show one house to non-pre-approved buyers. 
after one house, if you, you, you've got to go take that next step for us to move forward. Um, because then it becomes, my time is limited. So it's, mm-hmm. with as many clients as you have, it's, you can't waste that time. I can't waste an entire day showing houses that doesn't, I don't even know if you're qualified to purchase. Right. I will show you one, but then you've got to move forward with the next step. I wish we had that, uh, that process. <laughs> we do have a pre-approval process, but not uh, pre-approval like a mortgage. We have a bunch of questions we ask when somebody calls in. Uh, just trying to, to uh, understand if they sure. have used a professional painter before. Um, a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, what are you awesome at? What would you look back and say, boy, I'm really, I'm good at this. Um, social media. I mean, I've gotten, you know, 41, so who would think that I could be good at social media since I've only been on Facebook since, I don't know, 2000, was it 2020 now, so 2010 maybe? Yeah. Um, but it was me really trying to understand social media, um, all aspects. You know, they say pick one or two. You gotta be, you gotta know them all right now. Um, and it's ever changing. It's always ever changing, and and just staying up to date on that. Um, I say social media just because of stuff that I've done in, in the marketing. You know, that it's gotta be different. You know, I see so many videos right now, property tours that are all the same, um, stuff like that. So it's just got to be different. Do you do you have to deal with any negative things on your social media? I don't know how your business works. Um, um, I get negative comments all the time. How do you deal with them? Um, I answer them. I do answer, you know, a lot of times you say ignore them. Um, I answer them. I had a, I, I remember one case, uh, pretty funny. I. She wasn't even from here. She was way out past Kutztown. Um, she happened to be here visiting family and must have, you know how all the algorithms work. She was, must have been searching something online in terms of real estate here in Easton and she ended up seeing my ad. She clicked on the ad one time. Um, she went back to where she lived and she kept continuing to get everything. Um, and it was a very, I spent a lot on Facebook marketing and stuff like that. So she kept constantly getting stuff. I was popping up in her feed all the time. And she, she said, if I were to ever sell my house, I would never use you. I can't get you out of my Facebook feed. It's obnoxious and so forth. Um, I look at that as a positive and I explained to her, I said, that's what my sellers, that's the reason people hire me, is because I have the reach for their homes. Um, so she goes, well, it's annoying. I said, and I'm not trying to be mean, but there's a delete button. There's an unfollow button. You're more than welcome to hit it. She goes, I did, and you're still popping up in my feed. And I said, and the paid ad, paid ads work. Um, to me, I think that's great because I now I know the ad's working, number one. Um, and it's one person, you know, it's not, I probably don't wanna work with them anymore. Right. So I just know it's working and that's, I try to answer them in a nice way, um, but stuff like that, you know, I get negative comments all the time. Um, you know, I put up, put up something with a new house and they click the link and they gotta give me an, an, at least an email. You don't have to give me a phone number, but an email. Um, to see everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. 
um, because I, you know, you, you're going to get some emails. You always have the option to unsubscribe to the emails. You know, I never, never hold anybody to, to any of that. But yes, I, you're going to get that stuff. So I get negative comments. Oh, I don't. I had to sign in to see that. Well, I can give you everything. Right. You know, um, that's not how marketing works. That's not how sales work. That's you know. So I get stuff like that. General, general and stuff. And you answer them. That's that's what you I do. answer them. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, and I say nicely. You can stop getting them. Right. So it's if you continue to get them then you obviously wanted to see some stuff. So they just don't want this stuff right away. Right. Um, I just got an email, it's just so crazy. It says, happy, uh, I sent an email out to this gentleman, happy 784th day, anniversary day. Been in contact with him for 784 days. Mm -hmm. He got the email, He's like, and he, he emailed me back. I haven't heard from this guy in years, obviously. He says, Stick with us. We're all credited almost there. Stick with us. So thanks for reaching out to me, and you know we'll we'll be in touch as soon as we get it. We you know we get our credit situated and ready to go. But it was just a simple right. happy seven hundred eighty fourth anniversary day. Yeah, and uh, you know he appreciated. That's a guy I want to work with. Right. You know. Um, so that's how I deal with it. We understand. Yeah, I, I get the same thing. We oh, send yeah. out um, you know a monthly newsletter or a monthly text uh, blast. That's the last thing we got a negative comment on. And it was just, you know, a paragraph of how horrible we were to send this text message out to them. And they missed a big click stop at the bottom and you stopped getting them. So it happens. What are you going to do? Well, what are you most afraid of? Failing. Yeah. Yeah. Back up against the wall. I mean, I love my back up against the wall, but failing. Yeah. Especially in this industry with the failure rate that there is. You know, no matter... I could do three hundred thousand dollars one year, and you could do nothing the next. I mean, that's you're only as good as the last sale. Um, I, to be honest, I had probably I think it was sixteen total transactions fall apart last year. For one case or another, whether it's inspections, appraisals, whatever the case may be, um, that's double what a lot of agents even do in business. Um, so knowing that. You know, it's failure is probably the biggest thing. Do you count those the hollers of the sixteen that you? I try not to, but they're they're always in my yeah. mind. You know, in the back of my mind, always. Um, you know, obviously we we've half of them we were able to later on, you know, get them going. But at the time, they're they're difficult. Um, we were just talking before we came on. Um, yesterday, I lost a million dollars worth of business yesterday. Um, one was because of inspections. Uh, actually, they're both inspections. One was cold feet and just didn't even want to go forward. Um, and there was nothing wrong with the house. It's just they're, they're just not ready to buy. And then the other one was a bad inspection. I had a buyer and it's just a bad inspection. And, um, you know, there's a lot of structural stuff that just it's not the buyer really shouldn't purchase. Um, and I told him, you know, as much as I want to make that sale, you, you, we've discussed it and there's no benefit to you purchasing this house. Let's just move on and, and go. And, but it, it hurts, you know, now you're, you gotta look at another 35, 40, 45 days if you find something right away. Um, so you just never know, you know, just, just keep moving on. Just keep moving on, yeah, one day at a time. Um, what are your goals for, for this year, 2020? Uh, my goals for this year are pretty lofty. Um, 
I haven't quite got into the real estate investing at all, so I wanted to buy my first investment property. That's one of my main goals uh, this year. Um, you know, and to really just become, so in Century 21 we have obviously just award categories. Um, last year out of 190,000 agents, uh, I was ranked 1,800 um, across, the, you know, across the globe. So um, for me, I really, really, really want to get in the top 500 um, throughout the entire world in our company. Um, it's very attainable, even with the home. You know, you see in California home prices, minimum home price is like 750. Yeah. We're here, it's 200, 220. So um, makes it a little bit more difficult when I'm competing against agents that are in those markets, but very attainable. Um, that's my goal. Um, and I, I, I want to help 75 families um, either buy or sell this year. I'm only one person, so um, that would be pretty good year. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest goal. goal. My biggest goal is really company-wide being the top 500. Um, super attainable. Because I, I felt like with those lost transactions last year, I could have been there. Mm -hmm. So now I want to be there this year uh, and be pretty much a centurion producer. Awesome. Um, which is the pretty much the highest level in our. I mean, there's a double centurion, um, but we don't have the dollar value here in, in the valley to be able to go there unless I did a couple hundred transactions. So, um, yeah, it's just be a centurion producer and and do that. So cool. That's the goal. And that's obviously, um, one personal goal I wanted to create a scholarship for. Um, you know, a local high school student for in my area that was one through me and my company, and I wanted to, this to be the first year for that. So we'll see how that goes at the end of the year for you know moving into the fall fall semester for someone. Nice. So that that's a personal goal I wanted to do. You also said before we were recording that you, you do some other charitable work. Um, yeah, uh, besides coaching youth sports, which is charitable work. Yep. Um, sponsoring the local teams and stuff like that. Um, I was just put on the Diversity and Community Involvement Committee for GLBR, which is really nice. Um, yesterday we just brought about two or $3,000 worth of new stuff, uh, donations that all of our members you know, gave to us to give to them. Uh, we brought it to the uh, Valley Youth House in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. So they were, we got a tour yesterday of that and um, we'll be doing a lot of more of that, a lot more of that throughout the year. Um, our biggest thing right now is homelessness. So the Valley Youth House is like youth homelessness, um, and you know, just in Allentown alone, for instance, they serviced seven hundred homeless children uh, just in Allentown alone. They work in eighteen counties. Um, so with all of that, you know, it, it's super grateful to be able to bring them stuff and, and you know, because they're, they're, I mean, they're kids. Um, you know, we, we heard stories yesterday about couch hopping. Never even heard the term before, and it's kids that really don't have a home to go to or something like that, that they'll stay at a friend's house for a week, and then they'll stay at another friend's house for a week, and it's called uh -huh. couch hopping, and didn't really know it, but those are homeless kids. Um, even though they have a roof over the head, they're not considered homeless, mm -hmm. um, but they are, so that's where we can help the value house with getting them housing even um, apartments and rentals so that works directly with us as realtors too awesome so 
Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Do you, uh, so that's it for me. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, I don't. I I'm, it's an honor being here. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I I pretty much grateful. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you being here. We'll put all your links up, and if you have a link uh, where people can help out for the yeah. homelessness for, for children, too. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Um, that's a great uh, thing to help with. So we'll throw all those up. And, uh, you know, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. I didn't know they were homeless. I mean, I... So they serviced... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.